was home when you left. You're right. Your sister was home when you left. You're right. Your brother was home when you left. You're right. Your dog was home when you left. You're right. Your cat was home when you left. You're right. Your fish was home when you left. You're right. Your mommy, your daddy, your brother, your sister, the dog, the cat, the fish was home when you left. You're right. And that's the reason you left. You're right. I left my home. I left my home. Marching, it took me all the way back, you know, to when when I was at the base of training for the uh, uh, the Air Force, and I'm sure it took my guest back as well. By the way, my name is Melvin Eisen. I'm a Vietnam era veteran, and we are here at the uh, Brick Arts Medium Podcast Studio, and uh, we have our own uh, podcast, and in the title of this one. It's called the uh, Vietnam Era Veteran Voices. So you're going to have voices of veterans sharing their experience uh, when they was in Vietnam or wasn't in Vietnam, but at their era. And also what's going on now about this political situation that we are undergoing with the uh, shutdown of the federal government. So uh, before we begin... Uh, just let me, I'm just going to let everyone know that uh, I served in the uh, military and the Air Force and I went in uh, uh, in 1967, November, and I served four years and I came back out and I re-enlist and I went back in and that was uh, around 1971. And then I served a couple more years and that was it for me. So enough about me. So we're going to talk about our guest that we want everybody to know, because I didn't go to Vietnam. Uh, I was just an Arab. Uh, and, but this person, this guest, he did go to Vietnam. So uh, he's going to tell you about himself. And, and plus, I'm hearing a, a, a digestion, a, a problem that he's having right now. Y'all can hear it on there. But let him talk. You know, there you go. So tell us about yourself. Well, my name is Gerald Jones, uh, and I'm a Vietnam veteran. 
and before I go any further, when I heard that song, the first thing that came to mind is I wanted to jump to attention and say, yes, Sergeant. <laughs> you know, because it took me it took me back a ways. Yeah, it took all to, us back. Yeah, to boot camp when mm-hmm. I first got in. Yeah. Uh, it was, uh, it was a, a, a very exciting time for me in a way. Um, I, uh, I served three years in, uh, in the Army. I was uh, medically discharged. I was wounded in Vietnam. I was injured, rather, in Vietnam. And uh, it, it, uh, uh, it, it stayed with me for a while. But before that, I just wanted to say that I was proud to serve my country. I'm proud to be uh, a member of the uh, armed forces. I'm proud to be a veteran. And I'm proud to be an Afro-American veteran. Yeah. I I uh, I'd <laughs> like to go back. I'd like to go back to the beginning. Uh, the reasons uh, I think that drew me to the army was my father. He was a he was a World War II veteran, and he served in Germany. He was part of. He was a member of the Red Ball Express. This was a, a, a they call it at the time a Negro uh, company that supplied. Uh, equipment to uh, the troops in, in uh, Germany, and he was one of the members of that group. And uh, he talked about it briefly, but uh, when he did talk about it, he was he was proud of his, his uh, service in the service. Hmm. And um, I think that's one of the things that motivated me to be a soldier. Uh, and going to Vietnam, when uh, the war broke out, uh, they was drafting young men, and uh, it's five. I, I got five siblings, uh, all males, um, and uh, we was all at the age that we could be drafted. And so what we did, we sat around and we said we decided that one of us would have to go into the service because they would uh, actually draft one member. But there was a law out stating it's called a Sullivan Law that only one member that that goes into the service at the same time as the other members, members of that family could not serve in combat, so only one could go. And we had a toss of the coins, and I lost. <laughs> Gerald lost. <laughs> so, I lost. <laughs> so you was the one. <laughs> I was the one, and I went to Vietnam. There you go. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's how it happened. But uh, yeah, it was a, it was it was a, an experience. And just talking about it, just I just visualized something when I said I went. I I just my mother came to mind because mm. I remember when I was leaving, she was she she broke out and started crying. You know, she says I'm not gonna cry no more, but I just <laughs> had to let this one out. And I I it did it just came to mind just now, mm. uh, you know, about my mother and my father. He was proud that I was going. And my brothers, they were proud I was going because they, they didn't have to go. They had to go. <laughs> Let me stop. Uh, but uh, yeah, memories or something. Yeah, it was a yeah, it was a good send off. Hmm. It was a good send off. Um, boot camp was an experience. When I got there, it was a a whole new atmosphere, a whole new cultural shock because I right away. I learned uh, a lot of things that I didn't I didn't know about. I didn't know about some of the obedience and 
and and and and discipline. I had it in my family, but it was a different type of discipline and the obedience and 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 the being being aware of your surroundings and and being uh, embracing your fellow man and your fellow soldiers. And I learned that and uh, through participating in, in, in certain exercises that I never participated in, crawling under the barbed wire hmm. and dugging bullets <laughs> and getting up in the middle of the night and somebody hollering at you hmm. and learning how to to uh, dissemble a weapon and how to how to target an enemy hmm. and you know and, and then this and how to dress even how to even how to to, to uh, make your bed up. I thought at home you just put the blankets on there and that was it. But in in boot camp they showed you a different way how to do it. Yeah, and uh, I learned a lot in boot camp, and it, it was uh and I and I, got, and I and the thing about it too is that I got a lot of friends, not only fellow soldiers, mm-hmm. but I made a lot of friendships. Okay. You know, and uh, I took it, I got I got uh, photographs. Uh, of some of the uh, events we had in, in uh, when I was in boot camp, mm. and once in a while I'll take them out and look at them, you know. But it was a boot camp was a, it was a, it was something else. I'll never forget it, you know. Uh, it it was a uh, it was a place too where you learned different attitudes mm. uh, with just fellow soldiers because we came from different parts of the world. Yes. Different parts of the country, and uh, we had different ideas and different opinions. I, I had met people from uh, the South, mm. the North, the West. You know, we had different outlooks, but we had one thing in common: that we were soldiers. You know, no matter what we uh, had left behind, we knew mm. we had to leave that behind for now because mm. uh, we had one goal, and that was to survive. Yes. And you know to come home as soldiers and be proud of ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know that was another thing, and I you know I I learned that I learned that I learned, <laughs> I learned a lot from these guys. Mm-hmm. You know, but it, it was a it it was a it was a journey. It was a, it was a journey that uh, that I say I, to this day that I I'm glad I took this journey, even though I had hardships mm-hmm. and whatnot. It was a uh, it was an experience. It was an experience that that uh, a lot of people don't experience. Yeah, and I think yeah. it made me a better person. Yes, it, it made did. me a better man. Yeah, and with that thought, you know, because I'm glad you brought that up, Gerald, about your experience, uh, about your teamwork that you had to be, you know, uh, especially in boot camp. You know, everybody had to stick together, and what you learned, discipline, obedience, you know, respect for each other. But the main thing is the teamwork because if you go over there in any type of war, you got to watch the other person back. You got to, no matter what nationality, white, black, Spanish, whatever it is, but you all in one. All y'all are soldiers and you got to depend on that next guy. You're right about that. So if you don't depend on him, if you got a problem, neither one of y'all gonna make it back. <laughs> gonna make it back. Check that out. Yeah. So, uh, so the point that I'm making now is that although you went over there, and like I said, I'm a Vietnam era veteran, and uh, when the problem that I've seen is when we all came back home, 
because of that particular war that was going on that the uh what i noticed that there was a lot of protests especially when i was you know getting off the plane i was going back to my base uh and it was a lot of protests that was going on about the uh, vietnam uh war uh the country wasn't really feeling that war and you had a lot of people that was looking at us a whole it wasn't no you know, uh, homecoming, you know, parade to accept you to come home. You you, you did yeah. what you had to do. It yeah. wasn't, uh, 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 as far as in the veteran administration, wasn't no debriefing, uh, debrief you back into civilian life. It wasn't nothing like, all it was was a protest and they was hating the soldiers. Yeah, like you know, isolated. Yeah, very yeah. isolated. So a lot of, a lot of veterans uh, went into uh, you know a real bad situation you know because they wasn't being accepted uh, they couldn't get a job uh, people was calling them baby killers uh, there was uh, other veterans that uh, became homeless uh, and uh, the uh, their family didn't understand them you know people didn't understand them and so, yeah, they was isolated. A lot of us was isolated. Yeah. So I don't know if you felt the same way. You know, maybe you can explain how you felt when you came home. Oh, wow. Yeah, you hit it right on the head. But before I get home, let me go back to when I was over there. Okay. Um, my first tour, I, well, I did three months in Okinawa before I went to Vietnam. Mm -hmm. My first tour in Vietnam, I was in the, in the Saigon area. Um, I was in a place called uh, Fuba, close to Long Bend. It was Long Bend, uh, it was an air base, and we used to like, uh, we stationed around the air base. Because first of all, I was a heavy truck driver. Okay. And I used to like uh, be in a lot of convoys. We used to take uh, materials and weapons and shells to the different uh, uh, areas that the soldiers was at. I used to supply them with all of the ammunition and whatnot. And I drove a tractor and trailer. Mainly, mainly we was in convoys. But in the, in the times that we didn't travel, I spent a lot of time around Saigon. And uh, Saigon is a beautiful place. Uh, it's a beautiful. And, and it's it's a it's a beautiful country, first of all. And one thing that I've, I, I I I mingled with the. Uh, the citizens, mm -hmm. the, the Vietnamese. Right. And, and like you said, I found out something from them. They used to say, why are you here? Mm. You know, mm, why? Deep, yeah. Especially to the brothers. Yes. If yeah. you remember that. Oh yeah, that. yeah, I heard a lot of yeah. that. Yeah. Why are you here? And we be, a couple of us became uh, friends with a couple of family, Vietnamese mm -hmm. family. They used to invite us to their the homes and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And uh, we became friends with them. And they used to talk about it. And one of their concerns, too, was there was a lot of politics. And this is, like I'm saying, this is before our politics. Yeah. A lot yeah. of politics was in the war. Mm -hmm. and, and they was trying to uh, figure out what this war was all about. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people don't know the French was there first. Mm -hmm. And uh, they beat, they de defeated the French. Mm -hmm. And the United States came in as big brothers and wanted to defeat them. Mm -hmm. and, and a lot of people don't realize that it was all about colonialism. Mm. That's all it was about, mm. to divide this country. Mm. You know, and a lot of them expressed that. They said they had different ideas, mm. you know, but with the forces 
that was with them that made mm-hmm. them uh, separate themselves. Mm-hmm. A lot of them was was uh, fearful that they would lose their culture, mm-hmm. you know, and their identity. And that's why a lot of them say, "Why are you here? You, why are you fighting us? Mm-hmm. You trying to take our identity, our culture away from us?" You know, and uh, it was gonna confusing yeah. <laughs> to me. It was yeah. confusing, and uh, but it was a war. It was a war. It was yeah. a war. It was a conf- it was a confusion, but I became very cognizant of uh, their culture, mm-hmm. uh, their they way of life. Mm-hmm. You know, they they love their families. Mm-hmm. You know, they they you know they they were eager to learn. You know, they they was eager to, to even uh, uh, welcome you into their families because mm-hmm. I was like I said I was uh, became friends with a lot of Vietnamese families. Yeah. You know, so in that part, but. Like I said, it was still a war though. In the yeah. other part, that there was a there was a a lot of violence, mm. you know. And my first uh, my first contact with a, with a with with the uh, uh, the violence of the war was it's head offensive because I was in I was in Saigon when that broke out. Mm. I was I was I was stationed 17 miles from the from uh, Saigon, but I got caught. Me and a couple of our friends got caught. In uh, in Saigon when it mm. first broke out, and that was my first experience in in battle, mm. and uh, we had to uh, we was we was ordered to join with some Vietnamese soldiers, you know, to safeguard different areas, yeah. and we got into a little scuffle. <laughs> I call them scuffles, <laughs> you know. I got to put it that way, yeah, yeah. you know, to keep it light. Uh, during that era, and that was a. Uh, that was the first time I ever had was in combat, mm. you know, uh, until my second tour. But uh, it was it was a uh, it was it was it was something. It was an eye opener. Mm. In my second tour, when I went to when I re up, and, and uh, <laughs> so they told me they said when uh, they said, uh, Jones, when you go back, we're gonna send you back around Saigon because. Uh, uh, I, I felt safe in Saigon oh, in a okay. way, yeah. but see, you, sometimes you can't depend on some pe- what people tell you. No, you can't. My second year, when I was re- when I when I uh, was told to report, it was the north. It was in, it was the other part of uh, Vietnam. Mm-hmm. It was uh, I was uh, stationed 17 miles from the North Vietnamese border. Right. You know, and that wasn't that was no joke. Mm. I can imagine. Yeah, that wasn't no joke, and. Uh, it was a uh, it was total chaos and war all around me, yeah. and uh, and how I got injured. I hate to talk about it, but well, briefly. Yeah, how I got injured. I was in a convoy, and uh, we got attacked, mm-hmm. and uh, my uh, my vehicle blew up. Oh I was my in goodness! And and the uh, the trailer blew up. And mm-hmm. I blew out. I, I fell out. I was blown out. The, the cab and the trailer blew up, and the the back wheels came down on my legs, mm. and uh, that was my last, uh, wow. yeah, my last day in Vietnam. Mm. And uh, one thing I just want to mention one thing too that that brings to mind when I uh, there's a movie uh, called Platoon. Okay. And uh, the last scene in that movie is where Shields gets on the helicopter mm-hmm. and they medevaced him away. 
Mm. And he said, I'm going home now. Going home. And that's there the same go. thing that happened to me. I, I, when I saw that movie, mm-hmm. I thought I was the one on that helicopter because it, I said, it's over. I'm going yeah, home yeah. now. And I, I just wanted to mention that. Yeah. But like getting back to what you were saying about, what yeah. you was, oh, getting back to what you were saying about the attitude about this country, a lot of people uh, were voicing their displeasure about the war. Mm-hmm. It happened to me one time. Me and a couple of my friends was coming, coming home. We, we was in my in my end of my first tour, mm-hmm. and we was sitting at the, the counter, and this guy came and brought us. He said, "Do you want a drink?" Mm-hmm. And we said, "Yeah." It was like a bar thing. And he, right. he, he he bought us a drink, and then he sat there and spit in the drink. Oh my goodness! And he said, "Drink that, you baby killers." Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was a. I, I couldn't understand why uh, why people were doing it at first. Then when I got home mm-hmm. and I realized that people were saying that this is an unjust war. Unjust war. This was an unjust war, and I, I didn't realize it. But I was a soldier, so I had to, you know, yeah. I had to obey. You know, was my part order. of that that situation. All of us was yeah. as long as we had a uniform on. Yeah. And that's how uh, the people looked at us. Yeah. So we fairly wasn't treated that good. Uh, a lot of us, you know, like I said, because uh, people want to know why the veteran became, you know, start using a lot of drugs, uh, became alcoholics. Uh, they had a lot of post-traumatic stress syndrome, uh, reflect themselves back what yeah. happened to them. And that was pretty hard to get things back in order and also became homeless yeah. because their family didn't understand them. Yeah. So, yes. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, uh, I'm one of those that participated in that, and, and still to today. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, it, it was, uh, the war was violent. Yes. It was a war, mm-hmm. but there was another battle, like you said, when we got home. Mm-hmm. When it I got home, right. and especially since I was injured when I got home, mm-hmm. it was very difficult for me. And, and, and uh, I uh, I got married mm-hmm. uh, yeah, after I came home, and then with the trauma that I had, my my uh, marriage didn't last no more than about two years. Yeah. But my wife said she couldn't take it; yeah. she couldn't take me. Uh, and I was uh, I was I was isolating myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I was I was a different person. Yeah. You know, I would I would bust in the, out in the anger. Mm-hmm. You know, I I, I felt belittled, I felt sometimes I felt bewildered, I felt mm-hmm. all kinds of things I had in me. And at that, that time too, the VA wasn't doing much for us. No. You know, no. they wasn't doing much for us. And and I I, I just want to share this too, and this is the first time I shared this. I uh, I resulted to taking drugs at one time. Oh yeah, yeah, you know, all of us uh, did. Uh, fortunately, I, uh, I didn't get involved, too involved in it because uh, I took advantage of uh, the GI Bill, and I went to. I always wanted to go to school, so I went to. I went to Brooklyn College, so I. Okay. I somewhat, uh, you know, got away from that, but it wasn't easy. Then mm-hmm. when I, I got married the second time, and that was, it was traumatic for me too. Yeah. You know, and uh, I don't know. It's just. It's just difficult to talk about. <laughs> nah. Well, we're going to keep the conversation going in the next because it's always different episode yeah. because yeah. this is your first time here and we're yeah. just sharing and you my first uh, guest, you know. So we're definitely going to keep this episode going. But uh, the next topic that I want to talk about before we close this thing out 
is that it's just to hear other veteran voices on this political situation because, uh, you know, the President Donald Trump uh, had shut down the federal government and a lot of families was being hurt behind that. And, uh, and then they just had the State of the Union and he spoke on that. But after that, it was a rebuttal. And so from that rebuttal, I just want people to understand uh, who was rebutting that. And that was uh, Stan, uh, Stacey uh, Abrams. Uh, she's part of the Democrat, and she gave the response to Donald Trump uh, from the State of the Union speech on Tuesday night, uh, becoming the first African-American woman to deliver the speech. Now, that was a great thing. And in her address, Abrams called it the partial government shutdown, a stunt engineered by the President of the United States one that defiles every tenet of fam fairness and abandoned not just our people, but our values. And this was she had spoke about, you know, real briefly, you know. So uh, to understand more about her, she has, uh, there's a, is a website and a news, uh, brief newsletter about her. And uh, you can hear more about it. But uh, April, who was featured on the cover of Times in July, uh, shot to prominence this fall when she narrowly lost the uh, gubernatorial race in Georgia. Yeah, I watched that. Yeah. A state that has not elected a Democratic as government in 20 years, April gained national recognition for her talent as a public speaker, as a symbol of the Democratic pushed to elect more women and minority candidates in 2018 and for the allegation of minority voter suppression during the close run race. So, you know, this is things that we want to, this is a platform for veterans. So now we have a voice. You know, we've been through a lot, and but we still still here. And we're still surviving. But, you know, you see all this stuff that's going on. And, uh, you know, like I said, you know, I agree with her that this is a stunt. You know, you never know what he might do next because you're using people uh, as pawns to get what you want, like the wall or the gate or whatever it might be, you know. And uh, oh, I remember when he first started being president, uh, when he first initiated that came up with the uh, the wall, and he said the Mexicans going to pay for this. You know, that's the first thing he said. Don't worry about it, y'all. The 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 uh, you know America, the people here, you know, is not going to affect us because we're going to. I have the Mexican. They're going to pay for the wall, and he sort of like guaranteed that. But then that you he he couldn't get it from them, so now he's making hostages of the American people to pay for that wall, and I don't think that's right. So that's my feeling of this. I don't know. You want to speak on yeah. how you felt about this? I, yeah, you, you're absolutely right. But I, I don't see why anyone is surprised at this sort of behavior. Mm. Because see, if you go back to slavery, mm. you know, this, this country condoned slavery. You yeah. know, they, yeah. they, 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 they condone segregation. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they created ghettos, as they call them. So I don't see why people are so surprised that yeah. this is what I do find encouraging that more people 
are against this now than it was before. Mm-hmm. You know, his behavior is is nothing surprising to me. Yeah. Because he, he he he's a he's a dictator. He's a he's a tyrant. Mm-hmm. You know, so these little things that he does, they equate to one thing that he's not a true American for me. Okay. You know, that's what I say. And and, and she's absolutely right. He mm-hmm. to me he's he's he makes me ashamed sometimes to be an American. Mm. You know the way he behaves. Not only him. Mm-hmm. Not only him. He's got his. He got some members mm-hmm. in this government. Mm-hmm. You understand? Condones what he does. So when he say he does these things, he couldn't do it without the support of others. There you go. You know, so it's not only him. So what we got to do, and and especially veterans, mm-hmm. and what he's doing to the to the army, the way he he uh, dishonors the army. The Air Force, the mm-hmm. Navy, all the of the brand of the yeah. military, I think is disgraceful. Mm-hmm. You know, because he, this is what we made of. Yeah, and I'm proud. I'm a proud soldier, but I'm not proud for him to be my commander in chief. Yeah, commander in chief. Yeah. So with that thought, like I said, we're going to continue on with this uh, conversation. Uh, uh, veterans sharing their stories and they. Uh, you know, their history serving in the military, the Vietnam era veterans. So this is our platform. So uh, so we want to tune off into the next time that uh, perhaps you'll come back again and then we can get some more information from you. Uh, I have other veterans that's going to speak their mind as well. So if anything else you want to say, what do I want to leave the audience with if they, y'all want to contact me? Uh, or contact Gerald, but for me, as far as being the producer of the podcast, uh, the host, you can contact me, and uh, my email address is uh, misaac718 at yahoo.com, and Melvin Isaac, producer, and you can also call me if you're a veteran or you want to get on this station to voice your opinion or your voice. You know what's going on, and uh, it's six four six seven eight four three nine zero two. Okay, Gerald, you want to give them any information if they want to contact you? Uh, you can contact with me uh, through Facebook. Uh, I'm on Facebook. Uh, you can contact with me through uh, uh, yeah, Facebook would be yeah, the problem. Say Gerald Jones. Gerald on. Jones Facebook. Got yeah, it. and I, I'll. I'll contact you back. But I got one more thing to say before I leave. Yes, Sergeant. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that Kaden gonna get us, you know, at the end, because I wanna play that all the time at the end, you know, when it starts off, you know, that Kaden bring us all back. It brought brought me back. Yeah, Yeah. it brought me back too, you know, and so we're gonna end it with that Kaden coming in, and the next time y'all gonna hear from the, Voices of the veteran, and we salute the uh, country. Uh, we proud to serve as a military uh, uh, soldier, uh, proud to serve our country. Uh, so, uh, like I said, there's a lot of political situation that's going on. So, we just you're gonna just hear our voices, how we feel about things. And we still here, we still got our other brothers that's out there, yeah. brothers and sisters that's homeless, that's still going through a lot of. Uh, changes because like I said we never was debriefed coming back uh, no one did accept the war at that time it wasn't no parade it wasn't nothing so is yep. this is the way we can 
you know, is like our therapy. You know, we can, you know, uh, express ourselves through this platform. Yeah. So you'd be surprised. It, it, it helps. It's just like art. You know, uh, a lot of us are artists now, and that's a therapy for me. And Gerald, he's an artist as well. So actually, Gerald, yeah, let me see if we got a few more minutes. You, you was on the uh, Channel 12 News. And it made me want to share a little bit quick about that because we only got about a couple more seconds. Oh, minutes. yeah, I was uh, I was uh, uh, at the library in, in Soundview. I have an exposition exposition in the, in, in the uh, lobby in the in the library, and it's, it's uh, donated to uh, dedicated rather to a Black History Month. Mm -hmm. And if you're in the neighborhood, I'd be glad if you stop by and, and see it and give me your response on how you uh, like it or don't like it, hmm. you know, and uh, I'd appreciate it. And uh, Isaac, he's also an artist too. So, yes. you know, so we, we got a lot of things in common here. There you go. You know? And I wish everyone a very good day yeah. and be happy. And okay. thank you for serving. <laughs> thank you for serving, yes. Gerald. Thank you. Okay, so that's it. We must say no!
against the soldiers. We're against the war. Not against the soldiers. We're against the war. And where 